Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, the government recently announced that it will be setting up an interagency counter-ransomware task force to battle rising ransomware cases here. According to the Cybersecurity Agency of Singapore, the number of firms in Singapore that had their systems locked up till a ransom was paid shot up from 89 in 2020 to 137 last year. The CSA also said that phishing remained a popular method for hackers to gain access into systems before deploying malware. Notably, against the backdrop of COVID-19, the Ministry of Health was the most commonly spoofed government agencies, with impersonations growing substantially. In fact, known ransomware payments totaled a jaw-dropping $400 million globally in 2020, and it topped $81 million in just the first quarter of last year. So with all of this in mind, Shanavaz Baker joins us, Senior Solution Architect at F5 Inc., to talk more about what needs to be done in the next phase of this ransom war. Hi, Shanawaz. Hi, Barthi. Thanks for joining us today. So this is a major issue, not just in Singapore, but around the world. And they have been a part of the global landscape for a while now, haven't they? Ransomware attacks. But obviously, all of this has changed amid recent global and geopolitical factors that have created a new normal for ransomware attacks, it seems. And of course, a new normal when it comes to the stats and the groups that carry them out in a way more malicious manner. So talk to us about where we are now compared to a few years ago in terms of the onslaught of attacks and the tactics to counter them. Isn't it a very interesting question, like uh, specifically as we are going more into technology and we're adopting a lot more of technology. So let's take a look at some of the geopolitical factors as well, right? So the situation in Europe right now, there is a war going on, but uh, let's look at the cyber part of it, right? So Security Boulevard recently reported that Russian agencies were attacked by a ransomware called Cry Viper. So it's an interesting uh, look at it. It's a fake ransomware. It does ask you to pay, pay ransom, but in the end, right, the data is overwritten and not encrypted, so nobody can get it back. Similarly, there are other ransomware gangs, like Ransom Box is being attacked in Ukraine. So in general, because we are living in a digitally connected world, these tactics seem to work, and people behind these attacks are able to achieve their goals, be it money or disruption of services, without putting themselves in the real danger. And that's exactly why at home, here in Singapore also, we see a lot of different attacks coming in. And the cybersecurity agency numbers that you mentioned is a reflection of what is going on and how cyber threat actors are really looking towards monetizing their nice tools. So here's the thing. Why haven't we gotten better at managing this? So once again, right, it, uh, the answer lies in technology. So with the growing use of technology and more and more systems being connected, there is a whole lot of data that gets generated. And it's really difficult to actually sit down and look into every single part of the transaction that's going on and to validate and to look at what is good and what is bad. If it was a black and white world, we would have actually been able to say this part of the transaction that's coming is good and this part is bad, we can block it. Secondly, what we are seeing is most of the traffic that comes through or most of the attack traffic that comes through is usually encrypted. So a lot of times, perimeter defenses that we put in, in places, these attacks cross through because of the encryption that is being used in place. And thirdly, a lot of times, people accept the request. They look at certain things coming into their email. They click. And a lot of times, human mistakes lead to also these kind of ransomwares or malwares reaching their computer. 
So clearly more needs to be done here. What are the steps that are being taken in order to make businesses, government agencies and essentially people, individuals more aware and safer as they move forward instead of letting them be letting themselves be vulnerable to such attacks? So the first and foremost thing is, is awareness. People need to know about the fact that okay, I think most people are already aware of the fact that there are bad guys on the internet who are there because yeah. you yeah. <laughs> Mm. So that's one part settled. But we still need to understand the way and means in which cyber attackers are actually looking at you. And I would like to take a look at a victim's perspective, right? And I have an anecdote over here. And this is very real and it's just from last week. A friend of mine reached up to me saying that he runs a very small and medium business which is into automobiles. He has runs a very simple system, few systems basically, just few computers and a server, wherein he manages the data for the parts as well as the appointments that he's trying to keep. Now, such a simple setup at a remote location was actually compromised and there was a ransom note on it. And my friend was actually trying to figure out what am I supposed to do next? It has created uh, havoc for me because I don't know which appointments to accept and my entire workshop is at standstill. And this is his first question was, you're from cybersecurity, what should I be doing? Should I just pay the ransom and get my data back? Mm. And at that point of time, me, even as a cybersecurity professional, I don't have the right or the perfect answer for this. I don't think any agency has the perfect answer for this because otherwise there would have been a regulation saying that no ransom, no ransom should be paid. There is no such regulations. So the best thing that people can do is just to keep themselves safe, have a proper security hygiene for their systems, back up their data, and try not to install anything that they don't know or keep away from any of such malicious activities and keep a proper hygiene on the device, keep their antivirus up to date. So you're saying work on prevention, but what happens if you've done your best in terms of prevention, but you get attacked anyway? So yes, you may have data backup, and you can resort to using that while your data is being held ransom. But this does not prevent the attackers from releasing all that data. So that's the second part of it, right? Like ransomware or ransom is just not meant to be targeted towards uh, your the integrity of the data. That means I'm not letting you access your data or your availability of the data. Ransomware also targets towards confidentiality of the data. A lot of organizations yeah. have confidential information. And that is what we are seeing, right, that your confidential data gets leaked out and this and a ransomware gang would actually make demands for a certain amount of money. In Australia recently, there was a large hack where a certain cyber threat group claimed that they had the data. They released a small part of the data as sample. And okay, so what do you do in such cases then? If not so, pay the ransom, then what? Yeah, so that's the tricky situation, right? It's not like a few few dollars that we're talking about, right? It's a bigger problem and it needs to be handled along with the law enforcement agencies. And it's even if you look at the regulations from US department where they actually created a task force as well to talk about this, they were also not able to come up with a very clean statement saying that ransomware payment should be should not be done or should be banned. They were like we we say or there is a guidance, a strict guidance towards not paying ransom. Mm. What would but, you recommend, Shanawas? Yeah, it depends upon the business and the and the confidentiality of the data. You and see, that's the, the thing. Time, so if people yeah. pay, <laughs> it will just embolden the attackers even further, right? Yes, that is true. So that is why uh, law enforcement needs to be there and when actually these, these kind of attacks are being done on an organization. 
it should not be done by taking individual decision, okay, maybe I'll just pay off quietly and get some of the data back. It has never worked. And there is historical precedence about organizations where it did not work. What would law enforcement do in this case? Track him down and get your data back? <laughs> not exactly. Uh, if there was a recent case in U.S. where they actually managed to go back uh, behind all these attackers and try to get some money back. But at the end of the day, yes, it is a genuine problem. If your data is lost, it is at the mercy of somebody else. And we have to make sure that the law, law enforcement is involved. So, like you said, focus on prevention rather than just being reactionary. Now, there's another thing that experts have been pointing out, that this is actually a very lucrative model for the attackers with little to no risk involved for them because they often operate in countries with no extradition treaty and this allows them to operate with impunity. What's your perspective on this? Do we need better legal frameworks? Would they act as better deterrents? It's a very important question as well, right? Because the law enforcement or the regulations does not work equally at all all parts of the world. There are regions where there is strict regulation. It's operating very similar to what, if I have to take a very simple example, think about it like a phishing website. If there is a phishing website, somebody tries to host it in Singapore, the chances of us to take down this particular operation is very fast because of how the legal framework is here. But if it's at a certain remote place where you are not able to reach, the time taken to actually bring it down and the damage that is done in the meantime, it increases because of the capability of law to actually bring it down. Now, Shanavas, in a nutshell, just tell us what you think companies and individuals should be doing right now amid the new realities of AI, blockchain, 5G, and of course, hybrid working as well. Just very quickly, in a minute, tell us what you think people should be doing as the way ahead in order to counter all of these things better. This is a very interesting question. All these Web3 technologies, be it metaverse, cryptocurrency, AI, right? it's an interesting aspect. Right? Can we collectively say that the entire world tomorrow will be Web3? I don't know the answer yet. right? But as these technology comes up, it's important to note that there has to be regulation tied along some of these assets in this arena. And technology is definitely there to help. AI definitely helps with respect to finding out the threats that is there in the in the, in the transactions or the data that we are seeing. For example, right, right now, one of the biggest challenges that most organizations face when it comes to cybersecurity is, is the cybersecurity skill set. You have a limited number of people and growing amount of data that they need to sift through to find the anomaly. AI can definitely help reduce the noise, bring forth the cases that is there for us to actually focus on, and humans can then take action and remediate this particular problem. So that's one way the technology is going to help us moving forward by increasing observability so that we can solve these challenges. All right. Thank you very much for that, Shanavas. Shanavas Bakker, Senior Solution Architect at F5 Inc. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.